Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Be The Frequency podcast. I'm your host, Shalane Carter, and this podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wealth, quantum physics, and spirituality. I help bring you practical tools to be able to understand and utilize the subtle energy realms to work for you to create the most abundant life. I have been everything from a single mom living off food stamps, being a makeup artist and feeling so lost, to building a six-figure business, attracting the love of my life, traveling the world and feeling incredibly aligned with my purpose here on earth. With my background in healing and being on the road to getting my PhD in integrative medicine myself, along with many other incredible guests are going to share with you how to actually change your habits and shift your frequency so you can begin to live the life that you know you were meant to. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Let's do this. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome back. Um, I am, if you again, don't know a little bit about my history, I am currently in the process of getting my PhD in integrative medicine, which is really cool. It's a lot of the like alternative routes of medicine, um, ancient Chinese medicine, or traditional, excuse me, traditional Chinese medicine. Um, I meant to say a lot of ancient styles of medicine and then started rambling the two of them together. Anyways. Um, as well as, you know, Ayurveda, different um, modalities, whether it be acupressure, all sorts of things, really understanding the, the frequencies of the body and how they really shift, change, and things like that, and they affect your health, um, which is totally my jam, right? Like, you guys know how much, how interesting to me frequency is, because we our society in particular right now has really underestimated the power of frequency, which is what I want to talk to you about today because we are on the brink, the brink, my friends and family, of the sixth extinction. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know if you've ever seen Ice Age, but uh, you know, they, maybe it's Ice Age. I can't remember, but I feel like it is where he's like, he says that and he's like, dun, 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 makes like a, a funny sound. That's what I thought in my mind, but it's not really in the the way that you think. So I want to explain to you the other five mass extinctions that have happened have been environmental. Think, you know, dinosaurs, um, the coming of ice age, things like this. We are seeing huge numbers of decline in numbers of animals, huge shifts in the environment, um, huge shifts in, in just the land, the way that it is reproducing or should I say that it's not reproducing um, because we are over consuming and over planting over everything. And so this one, the sixth one is actually man-made. All of the other five mass extinctions that have happened prior have been created from the actual environment. However, now what we're seeing is that man and the way in which we have lived with all of our advancing technology and what we have really taken for granted and taken too much of and overconsumed is actually ruining our planet. And I had I had kind of researched some of this before, but I I, I prefaced the the PhD um, thing because I just took an incredible class with Bruce Lipton. Um, he's a professor 
and uh, an incredibly, incredibly um, talented, smart, um, and also very intuitive uh, teacher. And, and I just took this class that really, I had been kind of looking into things and then, you know, I mean, if you're here, you know all about synchronicities, right? Not just the seeing the the one one ones and the two two twos here and there, but really looking for synchronicities in your life. Of when things show up, you're meant to have them and have more knowledge of them, and there's a reason. And it definitely felt like one of those things that I have felt we are in the pinnacle of really this shift happening and this change happening in our quote unquote healthcare system for years now. When I first got into personal training, when I first got into, I got into personal training and yoga kind of about the same time as far as I'm really creating my, my business around it and our, one of my businesses around it. And, um, what I recognized is that what a lot of people came to me for, for like health and wellness and nutrition coaching and things like that was because they had no concept of really what was, um, what was food? Honestly, like they would be like, I eat so healthy. And, and I would say, okay, tell me what you eat in a day. And while I did a lot on macros, what I noticed, okay, so if you're not familiar with what macro coaching is, it is um, counting kind of carbs, fats, and protein intake to be able to control um, not only like your weight, whether you want to increase weight, decrease weight, um, but also like how much muscle mass you're gaining, things like that. Um, but my, what I had noticed in doing macro counting was that I actually ate a lot more whole, like real fruits and vegetables consistently because they are a lot more filling and I felt different. I really started to notice when I started to restrict and kind of play with my, my intake in that way, how food actually made me feel, which kind of led to this, this trickle down of where I am today. Um, but we are, we really are on this, this precipice of, of mass extinction, not just of people, which we're, we are actually seeing it. It was very interesting to me to watch 2020 and 2021 unfold. There were these spurts of obviously people dying from, from the virus, quote unquote, uh, because what they log as dying from the virus and what they actually died from, um, has been found to be not always truthful. Um, however, I mean, I was noticing even animals, mass deaths of animals, whether that be pets, different things like that. And I've just noticed people, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but, um, people that seemingly healthy, all of a sudden these things pop up, wham, done. It had nothing to do with the, the virus. The, the C word. C that shall not be named. <laughs> so she or he, C, get it? Um, so, so really like just this, this massive amount of odd, odd deaths to me. And I'm always in a, a practice of observation and curiosity. It really has has been what I have realized one of the biggest catalysts for me in fine tuning my intuition. I initially wasn't doing it for that, but I noticed when I just say, Hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. That's interesting. If you ever, if you're my client, you know, I say, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. That's I say, you know, what's interesting. I say it often because I truly stay in that state of I'm curious, really pretty much for, for the majority of my life, which has led to a lot of these like downloads and discoveries and, and things like that. So 
what we're experiencing is, is right around 1859, the, up until that point. So we went through a couple of different periods. Um, and I got like a little piece of paper because I wanted to write all of the, the, um, the periods down and I wanted to be able to give them to you accurately. Um, so during like monotheism, so this was about uh, two cycles back. This is when we, our societies really became focused on God. God was the only way to save you. There was a heaven, there was a hell. And really at that point, then the church really controlled your, your life, your livelihood. Um, there was the, this separation of people. There was either the, the wealthy, the royalty, um, things of that nature. And then there was everyone else pretty much. Um, this really kept people, uh, not only was the, the church always in charge, right? Um, so the community, what happened is we kind of went from living on our own, right? As we began to, began to evolve as, as humans, we came, became more and more complex. And we had um, where we were living in kind of the, the nuclear families, right? And then we started to, to grow. Not only was it just your immediate family, and I'm talking these are obviously thousands of years, thousands and thousands and thousands. <laughs> um, not only were they immediate nuclear families, but we really started to form communities. Well, how do you actually control communities? You control who holds the truth. And this is kind of uh, what Bruce Lipton had, had shared that I was like, yes, this is kind of what makes sense. And for me, put it all together, is that whoever has the answers controls the truth and whoever controls the truth controls the power right so if we think back to monotheism when really during this time period um it was the church the church held the truth so who did you go to you went to the priests and the priests would tell you whether you were right whether you were wrong and one way for you to really make sure that you're getting into heaven right is your kids your kids would go and um be trained uh, when they were young in the practices of whatever religion it was, um, Christianity, Catholicism, Judaism, whatever it was, right? And they had kind of had all of this teaching, this indoctrination. And then it also was you needed to pay tithing, right? You were always giving to the church. So what better way to hold the power than to hold all of the money? And if you're telling them all the truth, right? You hold the truth, you hold the power. And they give you their children to indoctrinate, to be able to teach, and to be able to form specific ideas and ideals into their mind. Um, and I will tell you a little bit, little something up until about the age of six. Um, and this is something else that he also teaches on, which I thought was brilliant. How, if you, if you do not know who Bruce Lipton is, please go look him up. He is an incredible biologist. So he comes from a science background and he's really just had made all of these discoveries about cells that has really led him into teaching a more quantum physics, more spiritual based understanding of biology and really how it all is connected. So, so if you're as a child come in, right, you come into the church and before the age of six, you are in a two, you, you kind of waver back and forth between two specific brain frequencies, which are lower frequencies. 
So you don't get into higher states of awareness, higher states of thought until after six. So before six, these lower frequencies really allow you to absorb a lot of information. When we say that children are like sponges, it is literally the truth. Their brainwave frequencies show it. So up until the age of six, whoever has the truth, whoever is teaching them, truly does indoctrinate them to whatever their beliefs are, whatever their conditioning is. So during this time, everybody is being told that the only truth is held by the church. So they hold the power. So moving forward, we move into uh, more of a, a scientific materialism, right? And this, is, this happens um, around mid-1800s. And because all of a sudden there was some discoveries around genes, they, this discovery really kind of catapulted the power and the truth from the church that believed in God, who was a invisible force, to science that was material and tangible, right? And so we've kind of lived in this science Newtonian-based society where prove it. If it can't be proven by science, it's not real. Well, up until that point, all the power was in the invisible. But the invisible that could only be channeled through specific people. That's how you hold the power. How do you hold power over people that something is invisible? You make yourself the divine channel of that power, right? Of that truth. So here we shift into this age of scientific um, materialism that really allows science to hold all the, the power, science to hold all the truth. You're part of it now. How many times do you think you've got a runny nose, you've got a cough, your, your eyes are swollen, you got a little bit of fever, I should go to the doctor? Because he's the only one that holds the truth for you. And what we've done is we've really put all of these, um, all of these institutions, whether it be medical, government, um, financial, different things like that. We've put them in these places of power. They, the only, they are the only ones that hold the power. They are the only ones that have the truth. And we have to basically get power or accept whatever they, they give us, right? I, as a scientist, I will do my research, blah, 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 and I will let you know the truth. Well, how many times do you look at research and almost two identical, if you don't ever if you've never read a research paper or anything like that, but you can find research papers to support pretty much both sides of whatever argument it is. Depends on which side you're looking for. Depends on the, the, the result that you're looking for. So now we're kind of hitting this, this, this sixth mass extinction because science has been king and the development and the consumerism thinking that we are at the top of the food chain all of the time, even above the earth, has really screwed us over. Because at this point, we are looking at ecosystems that are being destroyed. We are looking at, we look at the oceans, we just think, oh, they're, they're water, you know, like there's animals in there, and it's not a big deal if the coral reef dies. Well, the coral reefs die. The trickle-down effect that happens affects your everyday life. Because how many of you like to eat fish? How many of you like sushi? Give it 30 years. That may not be an option for you anymore. 
So when we talk about what's really happening in our world, we are really learning that A, we are the problem. And B, there can be a solution. So that, that is the good news is that really at this point, the, the shift that has now happened, it happened right around, I want to say early 2000s. Um, I don't know if I have the date right offhand to, to, to share for you, but um, maybe I do. Yeah, early 2000s. Um, we started to recognize the fallout of a lot of our actions. Now, we also at the same time are having these huge shifts in science. And this is where I, I'm like, when I was listening to how he was kind of putting this all together, a lot of these pieces like the sixth mass extinction, understanding that the life cycle has always kind of gone like this. Okay. Um, he describes it as this development, right? You're working on something. This is kind of where we saw, a. Uh, um, in like early or in um, the mid 1850s where science was really starting to develop all these things, then it builds into rigidity. This is the only truth. So this is where the church had built that as well. Before it was not that way, right? You, this is part of the reason why women were persecu uh, persecuted and burned at the stake and things like that for mid midwifery, um, being an herbologist, things like that, because it took the power away from the church. So then you get from this development of, right, these, these religions start to grow or, again, the science starts to develop and we start to see, okay, that shift happening. And then it gets to this point of rigidity. And this is kind of the, the cycle that he talks about. It's development and then it hits rigidity and then it's challenged. Okay, so it's this slope. You can't, if you're, if you're not watching me on, on YouTube, you can't see, but I'm making like a, a hill motion with my hand. Um, we get the slope and at the top we get this rigidity. And then what happens is people come in and they start to challenge it. They start to recognize or see patterns that are creating problems. And so from those challenges starts to that, that power and the person who holds the truth or the, the, the belief that this is the truth, this person holds the answers, this um, institution or whatever it is, starts to decline. And this is really what we're seeing right now is we are seeing the de decline because as quantum physics is showing us, it is showing us and proving that there are unseen entities, vibrations, things like that that we cannot see, that we cannot hear, that we cannot calculate for because how does, how do subatomic particles, and this has been shown over and over and over again, electrons can both show up as a particle and a wave of possibility. Well, in our society where science is king, it's definitive. Newtonian physics is definitive. This plus this plus this, this equation always equals this. If I do this, I always get this outcome. But as soon as that, um, as soon as that research was done, as soon as that um, project was done where they started to really watch how these atomic particles behaved, it started to crumble. Our belief in scientific materialism started to crumble because it was no longer always a particle. 
It was no longer always matter. It was a possibility. Possibility is invisible. It's invisible. And so what we're seeing now is that even the, the, the development of epigenetics. So epigenetics is research that is proving our genes are not king. You have a genetic blueprint, right? You have your, your set of chromosomes that you're born with. However, they are influenced by two things, chemicals. So this can be, um, this can be drugs, this can be food, right? Actual chemicals, physical molecules. It's also affected by frequency, stimulation, vibration. And what they're finding, which is the most interesting part, is that the, the effects of frequency and stimulation that is not chemical, it is not matter, is almost a hundred times stronger. And to really take it one step further, your thoughts carry frequencies and your cells respond to those thoughts. The cells, the, the DNA that is inside the nucleus of the cell replicates or produces or um, stimulates proteins that make the cascade of biological functions happen for you. And it can change with a thought. Because here, here's something that I find so interesting. And I've kind of researched a lot of this. And, and, um, and again, this class really put a lot of the stuff that I was like, okay, this is, what I'm, this is what I think. This kind of makes sense. I haven't done personal research on it, but I've read research. I've kind of looked into it. And this is kind of what I think is happening. This was something I loved that in this particular class, you really tied a lot of it together. And I was like, yes, all of these things that I've thought, that I've researched, that I've looked into me. You've literally just put a bow on it so, and put it so beautifully. Like his presentation was phenomenal. Um, but what I find so interesting, if your thoughts carry a frequency and vibration and your vibration, that vibration can be a hundred times more powerful on the cells than a chemical. What I have found so interesting is somebody who has schizophrenia, and um, in one state, he, he used this, which I, I really loved, because they literally jump from being different people. Their facial structures can change. Their disabilities can change. And so he referenced actually a, um, a study that was done where in one state, the person was allergic to strawberries like anaphylactic shock, throat closing up, gonna die, need an EpiPen, like severe allergy to strawberries. They shift to a different personality. They can eat strawberries all day long, within minutes. And you go ahead and you tell me that genes are Bible. Genes are it. The genes are definitive for how your body responds. Not true. Just by thinking they were a different person, they were no longer allergic to strawberries. Which, if you think 
that in the Newtonian physics that your genes are the deciding factor for everything in your life, schizophrenia alone shows you that is not true. Right? Things like that show you it's not true. Why all of a sudden do allergies disappear? Why all of a sudden do people quit jobs and they have instantaneous healing of whatever cancer? Or, and that's the thing is, if that was the case, you, science then neglects all of, all of the, the theory behind, um, I'm searching for the word. Um, it's escaping me. All of the placebo. There we go. Every time somebody has a positive reaction to what they think is a drug, right? It starts to heal themselves. They start to see positive markers and whatever, whatever they were measuring. Why? Because they thought they were getting a drug to help. Not because they got the drug. Not only that, you would completely negate all cases of instantaneous healing where people go in, they have tumors, they come back two weeks, it's gone. It just disappeared. What happened? If you believe that all of our Western medical institutions know everything, they cannot explain any of those things. They can't explain why there's a placebo. They can't explain because there's no, because thoughts aren't tangible to them. They can't recreate them with certainty. And that's what it's all based on. So here we're seeing this decline of our society because we're realizing that what dictates and what has the most power in our lives is our frequency. We've overconsumed. We think that we know the most and that Again, we are top of the food chain, but as we are seeing is that even the way in which we do things, even the way in which we show up is really starting to dissolve. And I think the, the more that these, this rigidity around just our health, that's the thing is what hap has to happen now in order for it to change, right? I don't want to be all doom and gloom because that's, I think, not the case at all, but what has to change in order for there to not be this mass extinction is that we have to take responsibility for what we're doing, not just to the planet, but to ourselves. Ourselves, because we are a part of nature. How are you feeding yourself? How are you speaking to yourself? How are you interacting with others? What do you give your money to? What do you give your money to? Are you constantly buying paper plates, paper napkins, paper cups, paper plastic, all those things and throwing them away, a one-time use thing all the time? That used to be me. I used to put, no lie, I remember there was a, there was a day um, I put easily four to five plastic baggies in my kids' lunches every day. Every single day. Thought nothing of it. I used paper plates every day. I was a single parent. Um, I was working, building my business, my first business, and I was a single parent of two kids. I didn't share custody or anything like that. Like time was important to me, spending time with my kids. And I was honestly, I was like, I, I need to cut somewhere of things that I have to do all the time. And washing dishes just takes this chunk of time. And they were too young to help. 
And so I was like, okay, that's what I would do. Thought nothing of it. And there was a day I opened up the lunchbox and it was just fucking full of trash. It was full of trash. And I was like, I am doing this every single day. I fucking hate washing Tupperware, you guys. I hate it. I'm very glad that my kids are old enough to help out with chores and dishes is something that they help out with regularly. But I just committed. I committed to washing dishes all the time. I go through, we still have Ziploc baggies in my house, um, but I go through about one box of 60 a year. A year, if that. If that, I used to buy those giant boxes at Costco that had like several boxes of like 120 and it would last me like three months, maybe. And now I go through one that I buy like from the regular grocery store and it lasts me all year. And that's the thing is those are the little things that can make a huge difference. Notice how you speak to yourself. Notice your conditioning, especially as parents, we have a responsibility there. This is such a multifaceted um, conversation or, or podcast, but part of it is I really wanted to one, awaken to your, awaken you and open your eyes to the way that we mindlessly consume the way that we've pretty much mindlessly given our power away to people that, and institutions that don't necessarily always have our best interest at heart. I wanted to three, open up your eyes to the way in which Healthcare is truly changing to health care, not sick care. But to do that, we have to take self-responsibility. We have to take responsibility for the way that we live our lives. And this happens in the way that we consume. This happens in the companies that we support. I love somebody I shared the other day that um, Matt, my fiance, had gone to the store and got me several like bars of chocolate um, cause I always keep like a little stash. I love, I love you guys. I love dark chocolate. Um, and I had kind of made a joke a few days before that I was out of my stash and he had stopped at the store and, and got me some, and I had shared it on my story and somebody was like, Oh, I really love that one. And I was like, I was like, Oh, that one. And, and this other one that were on there, were my favorites. And she goes, Oh, I've, I've never had that. And I was like, you know, one of my favorite things about that one is the company. It's, uh, I think it's just HU. Uh, that's all I can really remember from the label, but it, it stands for like human something. Um, but it's this company. I'm not endorsed by them. I don't get, don't get anything, but I, I love their chocolate and their company in particular has an incredible mission behind it. They're very mindful about what they're creating, the byproduct, and also the, I mean, the, the labor and not doing harm to others in, the, in that process. So a lot of things that are processed um, all over the world are done in, you know, there's child labor, there's abuse, there's all sorts of things. And so they really saw this hole and this space where they didn't want to be a company like that anymore. They didn't want to just sell to sell. They didn't just want to make this to make this. And so they really made it their mission to change the way that chocolate something that's so decadent and divine to still be able to consume that, but in a way that doesn't harm and doesn't kind of have this trickle down effect. So as you go throughout your day today, um, I, I want you to, I would love for you to share with me, whether you follow me on Instagram at Shalane Carter or on TikTok. It's also 
Ashley and Carter. That's what happens when you have a unique name. You get, you get all the platforms, you get your full name. Um, I would love for you to share with me like what you're doing. What are you doing to make a change? Whether that be your thoughts, whether that be starting to really take the power back in your um, physical life, like taking care of your health. You know, maybe you're implementing instead of using a lot of um, toxic detergents and chemicals and things like that in your, your home cleaning products, maybe you're replacing them with essential oils. And if you have questions on that, please let me know. Um, I can help you understand a little bit more of, of how to utilize essential oils in not just like body care as far as skin and things like that, but also around the house, Sh moldy showers, um, you know, laundry detergent, all, all that type of stuff. Um, maybe you're, you're shifting in such a way that you're, you're like, okay, I'm not going to use single use plastics anymore. I love like the, the almond cow that you can actually make your own milk alternatives. Um, so you're not having all those plastic jugs that you're throwing away every couple of days if your kids love to eat cereal. And that's the thing is it starts small, you guys. It starts small. It starts by really taking responsibility for the type of person that you show up as, the behaviors that you have every single day. And those little things just actually living and making small changes make a huge difference in the long run. So please like share with me what you're, what you're going to do. Can you think of anything or do you need some ideas? Um, shoot me a message. Let me know. Cause I would love to, you know, kind of open up that conversation and maybe even create a community where we can really teach each other how to live a, a life that is based, that is a little bit more ethically kind that, that really befriends mother earth as much as possible and really promoting, making the small differences and leaving all the judgment at the door. Um, so if that's something you'd like, I'd, I'd really love to hear that too. Um, if you love this podcast, though, if you found something interesting in it, please, please, please um, leave a review, share it. That is one of the, the best ways. The, the highest compliment is to actually share it with friends, share it on your social media, um, all the things. And don't forget to tag me, at Shalane Carter. Um, I love you all. I'll talk to you next time. Cheers.